Good evening. This is the weekly wrap for Friday, February 2nd. Well, for the week, corn closed down 3.5 cents, closing at 4.42 a bushel. Beans were down 21 cents, closing at 11.88. Both Chicago and Kansas City wheat were unchanged for the week, closing at $6 for Chicago and 6.25 for Kansas City. Cotton closed up 2.74 cents for the week, closing at 87.11. That would be the highest close since last October. Crude oil closed down $6 a barrel at 72.15, and the U.S. dollar was up 600 points, closing at 103.8. For the week, managed money were heavy sellers of the grain complex again, selling another 15,000 contracts of corn, pushing their short now to 280,000 contracts. They sold almost 17,000 contracts of beans, putting their short position at 108,000 contracts. For wheat, they were small buyers of 7,000, but they're still short 125,000 contracts. And for cotton, they were small buyers of 4,000 contracts, putting their long now at 28,000 contracts. Managed money is now short 600,000 contracts of corn, beans, wheat, meal, and oil. This is the largest short position ever recorded for this time of year. And it's fast approaching the largest short ever recorded of 700,000 contracts that we saw during the trade war back in 2019 when uh, President Trump um, declared a, a trade war against China and managed money, went in and buried the grain complex. We are now rivaling that position. So to say that these positions are extreme is an understatement. It is the main driver of these markets. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about that later. For export sales for the week were quite good for corn versus expectations. They were poor for soybeans, okay for wheat, but they were excellent for cotton again. In the macro picture, uh, just early this afternoon at 3.30, right after the market, oil markets closed conveniently, the U.S. began airstrikes in Syria and Iraq going after uh, these Iranian proxies that were creating trouble in the Middle East. Um, and so we're going to hear uh, over the weekend heavy doses of war uh, sort of themes that now that the U.S. is directly involved in attacks, notice that we are not uh, doing anything in Iran directly because that would probably be pretty volatile for the oil market. But we're going to work some of the perimeter countries some of the proxies that are being supported by Iran in Syria and Iraq. Uh, this is in response, of course, to the death of three U.S. soldiers uh, on a U.S. base in Jordan. Uh, it was announced, this deployment was announced as early this morning. Not exactly sure why we're, uh, you know, sort of forecasting or, or, you know, giving a market advanced warning of this attack. Not that it really matters, I guess. Uh, but the oil market, you know, has been a very volatile week. There was an early report during the week that Hamas wanted to um, signal for a truce with Israel. The oil market crashed about $3 a barrel when that uh, announcement hit social media. It was subsequently denied and refuted, uh, and the oil market never really recovered after that. So, you know, it, it just goes to show how sensitive uh, these commodity markets are toward headlines and the oil market being probably by far the most sensitive of them all. The Russian-Ukraine 
battle continues to be uh, in the background along with the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. Both are now very much embedded behind the scenes with this new uh, entry of the U.S. into the war now in the Middle East. For the Federal Reserve, they got some pretty good data supporting their case. We ended up with a, uh, an incredibly solid jobs number. We ended up with a jobs gain of 353,000 versus expectations of only 187,000. Wage, wages were up six-tenths of a percent. That was, again, above expectations of only four-tenths. The unemployment rate fell from 3.8% down to 3.7 versus expectations. Um, and then as a result, the U.S. dollar exploded higher today. Uh, expectations for the rate hikes, uh, rate drop, excuse me, by the Federal Reserve in the March meeting fell from 50% to 20%. Uh, this was after the Federal Reserve came out yesterday in their speech. Powell came out and essentially said directly that they would not be raising, uh, lowering rates in the March meeting, that the inflation data was just too strong, the economy was just too healthy to uh, lower rates anytime soon. So that pushed out the uh, prospects of the first cut now to May. It lowered the forecast by the market from five or six rate cuts down to four to five. And it looks like the Fed now is only going to do three rate cuts based on the data that's coming in. But once the uh, analysts came in and started digging into this jobs report, they noticed that there were a lot of tweaking of the unemployment data by the government based on seasonal adjustments. They lowered the total number of members in the labor force. Uh, that both, bo both variables helped contribute to a far stronger jobs a report that uh, I think was really uh, justified, but you know, the, when the market gets this kind of headline data, it, it likes it, it reads it, and the stock market ended up having a very good day today. It does not look like a recession is uh, anytime soon. We've talked for months and months now about how we are in a Goldilocks environment. Uh, no thanks to a very strong jobs market, uh, low unemployment, wage growth, heavy involvement by the federal government with heavy stimulus. Uh, federal government hiring is also at very high levels, so they're doing their part to keep this economy stimulated. And so, you know, the stock market is going to go on and go on and make new highs. Uh, the net result is that uh, without a rate cut, the U.S. dollar will remain strong and keep this uh, pressure on commodities. That will be the narrative as the, that managed money will continue to follow. In South America, uh, the crop continues to fall. Stonex lowered their crop estimate from 153 in Brazil down to 150. On the soybeans, ag resource dropped down to 145. And then a group called Aprosoya in Brazil lowered their estimate to 135. They're the outlier on the downside. Remember, USDA is at 157. Conab, which is Brazil's own government estimate, is at 155. So both are way above private estimates some by 10 to 15 to 20 million metric tons. Time will tell who will be right. Weather in Brazil continues to be uh, wetter in Mato Grosso now and turning much drier and hotter in Argentina. So there is growing concern now about the Argentinian crop starting to go backwards. Remember, they are two to three months away from finishing out their crops. So it is quite possible that if this new weather pattern stay lo stays locked in, Sometime over the next few weeks, we will flip the narrative in Argentina from the perfect start to the crop 
to maybe not as strong a finish and maybe we start lowering crop estimates out of Argentina. But remember, fundamentals at this point do not matter. Seasonals don't matter. We've talked about those for several months. Uh, technicals, uh, they don't matter either because we've had several little technical reversals. They have all been slammed lower by managed money who are on this incredible push now for 10 weeks in a row. I think this will be a record of very strong selling and building out massive, massive short positions. This is the dominant feature in the grain markets. Cotton, for its part, has actually got fundamental starting to matter. We've talked for a while now about how we've seen the crop size continue to come into question. This week was no different. Uh, the Jennings and Classings report now has the crop at 11.6 million bales ginned and classed. Remember, the government's at 12.3, so we're still 800,000 bales under the current government estimate on the crop size. Where will this settle out? I'm guessing right around 12 million bales. So the government at this point is probably some 400,000 bales too high on their crop size estimate. On the other side, uh, sales were very strong this week. And so at this point, we're running some 500,000 bales ahead of last year on sales. Uh, shipments are only 250,000 bales behind. We made a big leap in catching up on those sales this week. And so it's interesting how on both sides of the balance sheet for cotton, both on the supply side and on the demand side, the balance sheet's contracting at a pretty alarming pace. The USDA has the current carryout at 2.9 million bales, which is uh, close to pipeline inventories. But based on the process, the progress of sales and crop size, we're headed to somewhere between 2.2 and 2.5 million bales. And where that final number ends up will tell us whether we're going to head to 90 cents and stall out or whether we're going to punch through 90 cents and get through that technical resistance area at a dollar. We just don't have enough data to figure out which will be true. But it looks like sometime in the next week or two, we're going to go test that 90 cent area, giving us a chance to do some more marketing. So speaking of marketing, we'll start with cotton. We're definitely looking for a shot at that 90 cent area where we're going to advance sales. Make sure you have orders working now at 88.50 and 89.50 to get caught up 50 to 60% sold on cotton. If I can help it, I don't want to sell anymore because I want to see whether the data gives us the shot that we're looking for to punch through that 90 cent resistance area and ultimately test that gap that we have at 101 in the charts. It'll be a tough battleground, that 90 cent area, but if we can get through it, that target is very realistic. For corn, we are uh, basically trapped in an extraordinary heavy fund selling, very weak sentiment. I still think we're headed toward $5. That is fair value, in my opinion, 5 to 5.50. But we are getting sentiment readings that are pushing against all-time record lows, obviously matching with aggressive fund selling. We went so far as having a major national analyst say that we won't see corn get above $5 for the rest of the year. It is arrogant statements like that that match the extremes in sentiment. Um, there's just obviously no way to know. We don't know, you know, what the South American weather, the Safrina crop, and what the U.S. weather goes like this summer. So I think that's just a ridiculous statement. But it, it's important to note that statement like that match very, very weak sentiment. They match extraordinarily heavy fund selling. 
so I'm still very much looking for corn rebound back to that $5 area, ultimately testing and getting into that fair value range between 5 and 550. The timing of that, of course, will, remains in question because I just don't know how long, much longer the funds will continue to pressure these markets. For soybeans, we saw a very high crush rate. We hit 204 million bushels. That is another record for uh, the month and or for this week, excuse me. Uh, we are seeing the estimates continue to fall in Brazil, so their crop, no doubt, is getting smaller versus trade expectations. And now we've got questions about Argentina's crop, whether it's starting to turn lower. Spot cash markets were under pressure with Brazil harvest, but basis levels are starting to firm. Uh, it looks like technically we went right back down after you know clearing that $12 area, getting all the way up to $12.30. We reversed back down to support here at $11.85. If we punch through that next week, we might have one final thrust down to the $11.50 area. Uh, and then at that point, I would suspect that funds will build out and have a record short position in soybeans. I'm still looking for a test back to that gap at 1297 in beans, where we can at that point advance sales. But longer term targets are absolutely still in that $14 to $15 area. If you remember back in 2015-16, when Brazil had a very similar weather pattern, it was actually far worse this year. We didn't make our lows in beans until the end of March at 850 a bushel. But once the scale of the losses were realized after that, beans rallied all the way to $12 by June. So in that three-month period, beans rallied $3.50. If we're looking for an analog year, this one could be very well setting up similarly. For wheat, still looking for Chicago wheat to test $7.50, Kansas City to test $8. Cotton, we've already covered that. I'll just finish with the statement that the spread between the commodity market indexes for Bloomberg and the Goldman Sachs indexes and equity markets are at record wide spreads. So we've got the widest differential we've ever recorded. This is a direct result of the financialization of our markets. So we've got more money flowing into commodities. And so it's a direct hedge against the stock market. So there's no doubt, there's no coincidence that we are seeing uh, massive flows into equities and massive shorting in commodities that's over accentuating these moves and these spreads. It, it, you have to view it as an all-out war against commodities right now by managed money, uh, but it will not last forever, I promise you that. Uh, and it has no difference, uh, no varying of my opinion on what I deem to be fair value. It's just now finding out when the funds are done selling and when we're allowed to float back to these fair values that I've highlighted. So that's my opinion. These are not the opinions of ADM or ADMIS. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Talk to you soon.